It's the Redirect Podcast. Search industry research, discussion, and analysis from the Black Truck Media and Marketing Headquarters. And now, redirecting you to the Black Truck Team. Welcome to episode 28 of the Redirect Podcast. It is Friday, January 5th. 2018. I'm Jason Dodge, founder of Black Truck Media and Marketing. Welcome this week by an entire crew full of, uh, we have Ashley, Patrick, and Adrian from the Black Truck team. Welcome to another weekly episode of The Redirect. Hey. I think we are going to pick up from where we left off. We didn't leave off, it's where we led in our last podcast. Patrick made a pretty bold prediction, so I did, and and I think everybody jumped on him for that. So you know, and, and nobody's apologizing for that either. <laughs> um, but I, I think that we're gonna we're gonna let Patrick take lead on this episode too, and maybe uh, kind of come full circle with the the idea. Uh, maybe just recap real quick what your prediction was mm-hmm. uh, for uh, a search uh, item in twenty eighteen. Yeah, uh, so I made the bold prediction last week that I caught some flack for that. I predict voice search will fizzle out. Adrian just pointed to Jason because the flack came from him. Um, but I was it did. I was yeah. skeptical too. Yeah, I, I'm going to stick with it. I think voice search will fizzle out. Um, fizzle out or plateau? Fizzle out. Okay. That's okay. Yeah. I'm going to jump on him this week yeah. with my thing, so I'll add to the pile. Right. Fantastic. <laughs> it's going to be great. Perfect. Bring it. Uh, okay, so... Um, I'm going to pose the question a little bit differently this week. Um, so you did a voice search. Now what? Hmm. Okay, so... So what's the... So after the voice search? Yeah, yeah. So everything I read is all about how... Um, who's got the best product? Is it Amazon or is it Google? And then there's the... the Apple gets an A for effort in their product. <laughs> um, but it's... It's, it's then what? Uh, you've got this product in your home, you're implementing it, all this talk about like search recognition, voice recognition, what are the commands to do what? What, what is it really providing? Is it telling you the weather? Um, my thing is, can it make a comparison? Like when, I, when I'm doing a voice search mm. and um, I'm usually in a position where I, I can't use my hands, like in the car, if I have a random thought come across my mind, it's I'll just do a quick voice search or something, and then um, when the safety time allows it, I'll look at that SERP, that search results page, mm-hmm. and I'll decide looking at that one what I want to. Because Siri doesn't is, isn't smart enough to no. talk back to you on right. that, right? Right. Nobody. Okay. It's it's <laughs> Siri will read back a result the same way Google will read back a result, but it's the first result. It mm-hmm. is the first result. <clears throat> How often, when you guys do a search for mm-hmm. something, are you? immediately clicking on the first result and the first result is your answer. That's an interesting question. Like maybe 33% of the time, if that. Have you looked to see if there's any data that supports how many people, you know, what the interaction is with I that can't or? find anything like that yet because everyone's talking about adoption rates right now. Mm. It's about, it's, you know, it, uh, it's talking about how um, Amazon less led this list in purchases, you know, Google led this one for their, their product. And it's uh, my biggest thing about this is then what you've mm-hmm. got this product and it's leading in the sales department but then what how is it helping how is it benefiting like if um some examples i wrote down here is let's say i'm doing a search and i'm trying to decide if i want to buy a glass boat or a scarab boat mm-hmm. 
how when, when voice search can help me differentiate between the features of each, then I'll get interested in voice search. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I read an article this week about um, how to do um, mobile SEO for search properly. And you know what the answer is? What we're already doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all the stuff we're doing to make regular search good mm-hmm. is what's going to work for voice search. Yep. Um, uh, a survey came out from um, Bright... Bright Local? Bright... Uh, no. Bright Local? Bright Edge? Bright Edge. There you go. That said 62% of marketers have no plan for search mm. in 2018. Search or, sorry, in general? No, I'm sorry. Okay. For a voice search. Mm-hmm. And I challenge that and say, you do, you just don't realize it because it's the same thing mm-hmm. as your regular right. program. Yeah. No, that's really, I think that's a really good, I think that's a really good point. And it, and it leads me to want to try and, I, I think we could do our own research and if somebody else has done the research, I'd love to read it, but... You know, it's that after the search, after the voice search, what's happening. So how many, you know, how many people are actively using voice, voice search with their device? It doesn't matter what the device is. Are you actively using voice search? If so, what are you doing after that? Uh, Have you made a purchase by way of voice search or have you, have you made a purchase that was derived from right. a voice activated search? You know, that, oh, that would be really a lot of talks stuff. that we've had in this podcast about voice search are making those purchases or having those quick, quick to use options to mm-hmm. make a, a purchase as marketers. What percentage of our work is based around commerce and what percentage is based outside of commerce? Well, I think I, so I think to, to kind of, Add to that too. It's also important that what voice search is also going to, to maybe better solidify is the concept of of SEO as your brand, and this comes from like deeper discussions as some industry leaders like like Sarah Burt, CEO of Moz, in the last uh, Moz podcast, Moz Pod. It was around the holidays, I think it was. She talked very uh, directly about SEO as brand. And I think that there's been a lot of people that have talked about it, but she just was really blatant about, look, when we're selling SEO to someone, we can't, we can't uh, quantify it necessarily nowadays like we can with PPC, so with SEM. It's, that's very much a, a dollars and cents game of I put money in, I get this out. So mm-hmm. It's more transactional. SEO is actually less transactional, even though there are a lot of people that sell it that way. Where you have to be there, your brand has to be there to be considered. So even in the voice search game, you may not purchase off of that, but if you've done your research mm-hmm. elsewhere and then you do another voice search and your brand is not there, are you missing the boat? You know, if you're not engaged in some level of social media activity, are you missing the boat? Are you missing an opportunity? So I think all of these things certainly are going to mm-hmm. play into a really, really sound digital strategy beyond 2018. So let's get into one part of that. So the Echo Dot was the number one selling product on Amazon over the holiday by far. And it engaged what Amazon claims are millions of prime users that were purchasing through Alexa, the Echo. Hmm. And so this is like their evidence that it is basically Amazon's world and we're all just living in it. And that's, you know, just one of the channels basically that you were discussing earlier, Patrick. But 
Um, what I think is going to be concerning and interesting is that Amazon is planning um, partnerships and ad opportunities within Alexa for big brands that are willing to kind of take this chance or slash opportunity, I guess. But among the first two that are reported are Procter & Gamble and then also Clorox. Hmm. And if you think about sort of what we were talking about earlier, artificial intelligence doesn't recognize brand value. It recognizes the placement within a list, basically, right? So when you're looking at how Alexa can even articulate what should be purchased, you're looking at paid placement. I mean, it's not any different than ads on Google or whatever. It's all the same sort of game here, basically. But the thing with Alexa is that it compare its user data with reviews, previous purchase history. There are a lot of other things that pulls they from They have a lot only, of big data sets to pull Right, but that. only from one channel, right? right. Just from Amazon. Yep. Mm. So I, I'm interested to see kind of how that type of thing works mm. because I'm willing to buy things through voice search on a channel. I'm not sure I'm willing to open that up to like Google Home, hey Google, find me a t-shirt. Well, yeah, because, because very right. few people buy off of the first click. That's very, very rare. Yeah, we still want to maintain like value to people by getting them at the top of search, right? Mm -hmm. But does the top of search mean ads for artificial intelligence or organic or, you know what I mean? Like where does that, is it going to just read the first three results? Yeah. I mean, think about it like, you know, when I can, I think when I work with students and they're like, yeah, I found it on Google. I was like, awesome. So you know like the first 12 things on yeah, this page. Yeah, was it the ad was it, or was it organic? Right? Yeah, that's a great point. So like, it worries, that concerns me and worries me because this automatically, again, like every other channel becomes like pay to play essentially, right? If you can afford it, you get found. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just feel like with the lack of scrolling, right? So like on a web search, you can play around and keep going and keep going and you choose another page and another page and so on. But with Alexa and those partnerships, one, how will we know if they're disclosed through voice search? Like, will we say mm -hmm. the first ad presented is, like, how will that um, report yeah. back? Yeah. Um, or, you know, how will the placement kind of occur in that space so that other brands have, like, a fighting chance and mm -hmm. it's not just, you know, mm -hmm. ruled by the people that can afford to drop $4 million on things or mm -hmm. billion dollars, mm -hmm. rather. Um, but then also on the other side, advertisers and brands are going to have to be more focused on that as a program or as a, a checkbox for search. So it's like Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Alexa ads, <laughs> like mm -hmm. how does that work on, on, in their budget that I think is something to think about. Display. Um, I mean, well, that's they're saying that Amazon ad one. sales are going to grow 42%. In 2018 to 2.4 billion, which is still not even close so to Facebook or Google. Ad sales and that that's promoting products and things exactly in, in, in Amazon. In, in Amazon, yep. And so you're still looking at Google's like 40 billion, and Facebook is you know 22 billion. Mm -hmm. um, but how they're saying it would work hypothetically, because of course they're denying that it's actually happening. It's just sort of like they're looking into it, right? Is would be something like, Hey Alexa, I can think about this in my house. How do I get red wine out of carpet? <laughs> right, and then allegedly Alexa would reply back with whatever the top search query or data plus search plus oh, whatever. Way. Oh, you should choose. 
Clorox on white carpet, but this on like how will that? I'm trying uh, to think of yeah. how does that work. It's like product. It's like PLAs. It's like product product listing ads totally. in and a voice not, search. And it's not like a one size fits all type of deal. Like Alexa doesn't know what type of carpet I have. She doesn't have any idea if that wine was spilled. Oh, girl does. Girl you know does. what I mean? Like yeah. there's a lot of things, but I think. <clears throat> That they're going to attempt to combine voice plus data to get, you know, targeted and valuable ad revenue, which is totally makes sense. I mean, you might as well monetize it if it's in so many homes, right? Mm -hmm. But again, with the brand value, like, it doesn't make choices for you. It can't tell you the difference between those boats because it's telling you who bought the ad to get to the top to get, to get the right. reply. Hmm. So that's a concern, I would say. But... Um, Another thing is I think that this could really backfire and hurt Amazon because this is a lot of one-off purchases, which makes it really crappy economically for logistics, shipping, environment. I mean, all of a sudden you're, you're buying one thing at a time, which kind of goes back to their original, like it, it conflicts with their original idea, which was take a bunch of stuff from a bunch of different marketplaces, mm -hmm. package it together and send it at one time. Mm -hmm. So are you just buying like a, a thing of Clorox wipes every one time, you know, and it's kind of then, you know, they already have something like that. And it's those buttons, right? It's well, and I, but I do. So I think that I think that the that transition is going to see is I think to, let me back up and say that my my kind of harping on Pat's prediction is based off of more repeat subscription type services that we right. know people like Amazon are pushing for. Right. So Staple these are going to be replenishment. Yes, they and that's that where I say that that's going to. Yep, for market. sure it is. Yep. So it's already it already knows that you like bounty paper towel and you already like I don't know Clorox toilet bowl cleaner yep. or whatever. So it would be more like a plus one, like just re off as a, as opposed to investigation, which is more like what Patrick is talking about, like taking a bunch of things and. Comparing them or contrasting them and making an educated decision. I think these are two different models mm -hmm. entirely. Um, but also, when you're go back to the plus one item, mm -hmm. that drives up the cost per item then substantially, I would imagine, over time, which hmm. Amazon is supposed to be meant to have like good deals, right? Or like better in bulk or whatever. And that's why you use Amazon. But I feel like the cost per item will go up if you're buying fewer one things hmm. and less multiple things. So think the, you know, supermarket versus Costco kind yeah, of deal. Yeah, um, That might be a byproduct of the voice search in that you, you have to pay a premium to get it right. via voice search because we've all seen those um, add-on products yeah. in, in Amazon where right. you put it in your cart and they won't let you buy it at this right. price until you buy at least $25 worth of goods. Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's yeah. a drive-down price versus a drive-up price. It's a perk of voice search. So I think, I guess a couple of recommendations that come off the top of my mind for any of this would be that brands need to serve consumers better. Like you need to know how they're doing things, right? The, what their true experience is, not just how you want it. Like in a brick and mortar store, you walk in and the first end cap might be something that is really appealing and they want to buy, but you have to be smarter than that here because you're not in front of them literally, mm -hmm. right? It's auditory. It's out there in the ether, <laughs> basically. And then... I think that it's important for everybody to consider voice functionality, but whether or not it's appropriate for every product is something you'd have to understand per product, per thing, per placement, per whatever. But to understand that that could be something that maybe if you're B2C, some of your your products qualify for, but maybe not all. But then, you know, 
then you have the other side of the coin, B2B, which is like, how do you sell that through any voice search, right? How do you sell insurance, boats, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. larger ticket items to consumers? Like, they're, you know, that kind of blend of B2B, B2C sort of responsibility. But I'm just wondering, like, how much is too much now in digital ads? <laughs> like, at one point, do people just, like, surrender and are like, no, I'm not... I'm like, not clicking we, on it. Like, or when I'm do we start going backwards, right? So we've seen, like, pretty steady growth, and, like, you know, everybody has to spend here, basically, but at some point, like, every search is going to be an ad. Is that what's going to happen? Yeah, then I mean... How do you lose your, just everything is biased, then. There's yeah, no you know, I, you, you make a good point. We've talked about it before in previous podcasts. Um, I think um, there's certainly been some other... In, Industry professionals, Dr. Pete's talked about it before too, uh, amongst others. That like if you do a search for, for instance, you do a search for something and and you see that that it's just it's just overly populated with ads and shopping ads and, and things of that nature. Um, you really have to be honest with yourself as a brand and say, okay, in order for me to compete in this space, even if I do rank organically, I might need to pay to be here in this space to compete, to even get an opportunity to get on base. So that's a very, very interesting uh, space in, in, in the internet marketing world that we live in right now. I think Google's done a good job at it, whether we like it or not. I think Amazon has just started mm-hmm. to try and yeah. figure out how they're gonna yeah. how they're gonna do that with their promoted products and oh I can I can boost my product uh, my product listing up to the top or be recommended but then you realize oh hell this is a sponsored a mm-hmm. sponsored listing that type of thing so um, that'll be it'll be interesting to see how it uh, how it, it really kind of works. I out. I mean the ripples <laughs> from this could be if voice stays where it is like where people think it's going except Pat. Then <laughs> where, I mean, at what point do like these big companies just start eating all these little companies, or little companies have to sell the big companies to even produce or or totally. move the product? I they, think I think become fewer options, which is from a like, from a. Predestined. I think to kind of tie your 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 point, Adrian and Pat's point together in kind of what you have to be considerate of. Pat's point on the voice search side, being very humanistic about things. On the voice search from an advertising perspective, total case-by-case scenario, if we're talking about big P&G type brands, uh, it's the reorders. I would be curious to know what the breakdown is of, of Amazon sales, how many are done desktop, how many are done in-app, mm. how many are done voice search, but then of those channels, all in Amazon, of those channels, how many are reorders? So how well, many more I mean, reorders come from desktop? Yeah. How many reorders Amazon are subscriptions? Has even said that right. This is like well, people close to Amazon, as they refer yes. to them in articles these days, have even said things like, you know, this is mostly replenishment based. Mm-hmm. So it's not looking to compare and contrast and come up with a solution. It's looking to give you an item that matches your query. Period. Mm-hmm. So it's only again as good as what you put into the machine, right? It's mm-hmm. only as good as what you speak into the machine or yeah. type into the machine, and that's like. In the person inter- by person dependent on... <laughs> and how, how this all affects search is going to be interesting because the, we still have the constant feud of Google and Amazon machines. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, now you can buy Google Chrome again in Amazon. Yeah. There for a while you couldn't because they were favoring the Fire Stick over it. Whatever. 
uh, it'll be interesting they're to so see. They're so different, you know? really. I mean, if you think really think about it, they're not. They're trying similar models, but they're not the same. Yeah, right. It's not the same uh, journey. Mm-hmm. I don't go to Amazon to buy certain things. You know, I go there for I, I go there for this amount of thing, and everything else is, you know, the Google machine really. Mm-hmm. Transactional for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, Ashley, you're gonna jump on the voice search bandwagon. Actually, here yeah, Dang, I, I think good. I will. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, okay, so just. Um, to kind of get into it, back in episode 24, I talked a little about the importance of online reviews um, in light of a 2017 roundup of local ranking factors. And um, there's lots of chatter in the industry about how reviews might and might not affect rankings, and I don't want to make speculations. Um, but with the rise of voice search, um, you know, you think about keyword phrases like best brunch in Grand Rapids or best running shoes or ratings of such and such. Um, These are kind of maybe rising in prominence. Again, I don't want to speculate, but um, hopefully you're not going to be the one to talk about how you're the best, um, whatever you are. Mm. Um, That kind of talk is going to come from the people who have experienced your brand and I feel like, um, I think it's just as likely to be in a typed query, but also it could be a voice search like, hey, Alexa, what's, or maybe not Alexa, that's not a good, but whatever. Hey, Google. Hey, okay, Google. Google. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, so, so these kinds of queries are especially important when you think about reviews, because um, that's something that people are naturally going to write in their reviews. Oh, yeah. Um, so I did see an article from Search Engine Journal that talked about um, 23 facts about online reviews. I want to call them out a little bit because some of the studies um, are from 2015, 2014, Mm. and, you know, in an industry like this, things change so quickly. But um, while the stats might not be quite the same today, I'd argue that they're still relevant. I'd like to point out that some Google AdWords documentation is still from 2012, (laughs) so I think it's, it's, it's all right. All right. So, just a couple stats here. Um, 88% of consumers trust online reviews as much as they trust a personal recommendation from someone they know. Um, Yeah. And then according to, let's see, well, not according to, um, as of 2015, again, um, 92% of customers read and consider online reviews when they are researching products online. Um, So people like to do their own research, and um, reading about others' experiences can help the consumer make a decision and can help your business shine without having to toot your own horn, so to speak. So um, so again, that stat was about, you know, reading online reviews. But again, if someone does a voice search and says, hey, Google, okay, Google, you know, where... Who has the best running shoes or mm-hmm. whatever? You know, it's going to be whoever has the most positive reviews, mm-hmm. you would think. Um, so, um, if you, all this boils down to, I guess, most simplistically, if you don't currently have a strategy in place for attracting reviews for your business, a good place to start is to make that option available for people who would like to leave you a review. Um, so, I would suggest two of the easiest places to do this are Google and Facebook, since it seems like, uh, quote, everybody uses these. Mm -hmm. Um, So make sure that you've claimed and verified your Google My Business listing. Um, In Facebook, I had to look because, I don't know, Facebook's back end is kind of 
not very user-friendly in my opinion. So um, in Facebook, you would go on your brand page to settings, edit page, reviews, and then you would have to toggle show reviews on. I'm not sure that that is a default. So check with um, on your brand page to make sure that you have reviews turned on. And then the next step after that is when reviews do start coming in, um, take the time to reply to these. And um, we recently posted a blog post on that. So we'll make sure to Positive and negative, Do that. Right? Positive oh, and negative. Yep, all yep. Them. Yep. Thank, thank the peoples. Yep. So um, we'll share a link to that blog post um, in the show notes here. Um, and I'll also make sure that we link some of the other posts that we have published on local SEO and reviews, things like that, that are related to this. So um, step one is to make it possible for people to leave your reviews. And then um, I guess really step two is kind of... Um, being not, of course, the word's escaping me, being not shady about requesting reviews, you know, mm-hmm. just, um, yeah. Well, I think it's a simple ask, right? I right. mean, it's a simple ask whether you have form letters or emails <laughs> that go out, you know, uh, like we recently had a, uh, a client of ours that I, you know, I hired for their services. And one thing that came through after the fact, after service was a survey. And I was like, what? Wait a minute, why are you asking me to do this on paper? One thing. Two, it would be really great that at the end of the survey, you provided me with the option to leave you with a review mm-hmm. on Google or Facebook. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not saying that maybe you front load that a little bit and put a little bit of intelligence behind it that says like, hey, if they ranked us four stars, maybe that's the people that you asked for your Facebook or Google review. But you could do that. Um, you could you could kind of weigh things in your favor. But um, you want honest mm-hmm. you want honest uh, reviews and feedbacks. I would say if you have any kind of survey material like that after the fact, you totally want to integrate that into your communication channel mm-hmm. and just make all you're doing is making the simple ask like, hey, Pat, would you be a referral source for me? for a job or for a client or something mm-hmm. like that. It's, this is no different, right? Yeah, so just oh. be authentic and be, you know, make sure it's about um, that you're leveraging your relationship. Totally. Yeah, we yeah. see that all the time with uh, when we go phone services or uh, online chat services. It's uh, You click exit on that online chat and it's always followed up by a survey. Yeah. A survey. Same thing with a phone call. It's, okay, you might get a phone call after a few minutes. Uh, can you please take 30 seconds of your time to answer a couple yes-no questions? Yeah. I'll answer them. It, yeah. answer them. Now, to tie your voice search discussion or your voice uh, as a part of marketing in there, you know what happens if after the fact you order something or especially in those replenishment and reorder um, types of areas, uh, Amazon, Google, doesn't matter. What happens if there was the voice version of a chat bot. And so hypothetically speaking, I made an order and then a month later I come back and I order the same thing. But I, I'm ordering via voice, like, hey, you know, um, you know, okay, Google, reorder brawny paper towel from Amazon, that type of thing. Um, what happens if there was an opportunity that the response from Amazon, so from Alexa, fed through that said, hey, we noticed that you've ordered this a couple of times. Would you like to leave a review of your experience mm-hmm. with the product or with the manufacturer or with the, you know, with the distributor, that type of thing? I think that, I don't think we're there yet, but I, I do believe that the voice recognition capabilities are there to the point that you could leave 
a positive or negative review for something, have it be very in-depth and very probably more uh, methodical thought out than than sitting down and typing one. And I think that you would get mm. a, I think you would get a, a higher response rate. It's so, the same way that visual voicemail works. Mm-hmm. Do you? I, I know so, that we get mm-hmm. it on the iPhones, and you mm-hmm. two are Android users. It. I'm not sure if it works mm-hmm. the same way, but I can read my voicemails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that. I mean, if if you're currently an Amazon user, and I know that for sure it's for Prime because I've had that forever. But I think it would be interesting because by saying that you want that product again, automatically I would think implies that it's a good review. Yeah. Because you're buying it again, right? So number one, good review. So you already know, like if I'm mapping this out in terms of like responses, like I already know that's going to be a positive one that I want to recapture, most likely I would Mm -hmm. say, like 99%. Mm -hmm. Because they're buying the product again. I mean, most people don't get a product, hate it, and buy it again unless it's the only thing, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe there's only one choice. But for a lot of products, that's not the case. But secondly, um, having, I think, available to us already should be uh, 80% of people who bought Bounty paper towel um, or this Bounty paper towel reordered again within three months. And that data Mm. is available to you a little bit if you do the subscribe and save. Because it will give you a recommendation, like every you should get this every two months or every three months based on your now your layered data, right? So I mm. bought it three months ago. I bought it two months ago. It would be cool to see like what's the crowdsourced version of that. Like, do most people buy this every three months? Am I going through this dish soap ten times faster than everyone else? If so, why? Like, there's a lot of like question answers and problem solving. I think that could come in there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also like. If people are reordering, that's brand loyalty. And I would want to know, maybe they're doing that more so with Brawny than Bounty or whatever. Like, I would think that having, that would be important information for us to see from a transparency side to get us more or less inclined to buy again the same brand or try a new brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, I think that, so the big data geeks and, and brand strategists would go nuts over that, mm-hmm. right? And I think that voice search plays really kindly into all of mm-hmm. this because voice brings longer longer queries. Mm-hmm. Uh, natural language means more question type phrases yeah. come out. Um, there's more. Uh, there's there's a very clear intent that comes with a voice search because people type differently. Uh, they have different skill sets and things like that. But when we talk, we're somewhat on even playing grounds because we can converse with one another. So. Keep that in mind. There's a high local value mm-hmm. with, yeah, with think search. Yeah, urgency. Totally. Yeah. You know, like if you can hear urgency, yeah. you can't read it. <laughs> yeah. What happens if Google came back and said this product or this service is available near you now? Right. Or you can order it. Hypothetical. Amazon and Google play real nice together. Yeah. Or since you are an Amazon Prime member, right. Adrian, because we know that you can get it in two days mm-hmm. from Amazon for twenty nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, huh. Because that all impacts what these these so-called third-party, you know, uh, listings are. So I think there's a lot of of up I mean, in the air that's like going to come grocery, from it, right? I mean, think because like wasn't it for a little while that maybe shipped was going to be acquired again by somebody else or something? <laughs> Target. Yeah, Target but acquired ship, a, right? What was the other one we were talking about the other day? Amazon was looking to buy Target. Looking to buy Target, perhaps. Yeah. Right. That's sort mm-hmm, of been a rumor mm-hmm. or whatever. And so, like, as you start layering these things, I mean, 
So then maybe you have an urgent inquiry like, oh my God, I need diapers now. <laughs> yeah. And then what if it connects you to shipped and then shipped shows up at your front? I mean, like all of a sudden the, the automation is working on your behalf and mm -hmm. not forcing you to make, like that's one of the reasons huh. I was saying that I don't use the Google Home as much as I probably should is because I don't know how to delegate to it. <laughs> Because I gotta think about how to do it. Well, I think I think that's I think that's just very that that's just very much it, right? Is that? But it starts making decisions for you, and that, I mean, first of all, it is so creepy. That is kind of frightening. Like, based on your show I'm on here right now, but whatever. Um, but as the intelligence gets better and no, like knows you, right? Then it should be able to like make decisions and get confirmation on your behalf. Yeah, because do you need this now? We can send ship in fifteen minutes. Well, what, yes, bring it now. What you find is right. You're in in machine learning. It's either it's there's different. I think there's three different variations. We've talked about it before. I think we've even written blog posts about it too. Is that you know you have assisted machine learning. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike King's talked about it a ton. There's assisted mm -hmm. machine learning. Then there's like unassisted machine yeah. learning where you just let the bot go nuts. In most <laughs> instances, that consumers are going to engage with it. It's assisted because it needs. It's it's in the it, uh, you as the brand. It's in your best interest to have it be assisted because you need to learn a little bit about the person, okay. about the peoples before you start making those suggestions. The fact that we have it all dialed into our phones is quite genius because you know where I travel to, <laughs> you know the things I like. You probably can serve up ads for me for the type of coffee that I like based on the coffee shops mm -hmm. I go to. Yep. Uh, or breweries and things of that nature. So, so having some sort of assisted um, some training or learning time in there, I think, is key. And it's only getting, getting better over time. So, was it Watson that they gave a Twitter account to, and that they they tried a new learning algorithm, yeah. and <laughs> it learned really fast and started swearing at everyone? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the tweets so just went bad. off the rails. Yeah, yeah. and so they yeah. had to immediately shut it down. Yeah, like, that's what it's all going to lead to. Or is this? Awesome. The automation. I'm, inter I'm, I'm entertained by or Alexa. Uh, whatever. I, I think that maybe they should call her Alexis, mm -hmm. and she's the angry one, and Alexis the nice one. Evil twin. There's two. Um, <laughs> Who knows which one you'll get? <laughs> Will 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 Critchlow from Distilled, his brother Tom has mm -hmm. a, a Twitter bot, and they kind of cut it loose, but they check they, they check in on it every once in a while. And that's some very entertaining stuff. It's like, oh, today my Twitter bot decided to go off the rails and start swearing at people. Or, you know, it's just, it's really, wow. it's really interesting how they, they respond or the personas that, that the bots take on. So. I listened to a Planet Money podcast a couple of days ago. It was like a year in review kind of thing. And they, uh, someone at the beginning of the year wrote a bot that would buy or sell based on the positive or negative review that Trump left in a tweet. If Trump mentioned a brand in a tweet, <laughs> uh, nice. if it was a positive mention of a brand, the bot would buy a share and huh. vice versa. And it ended up failing because it required too much manual maintenance, uh -huh. but it, it made two trades. Um, <laughs> in the thousand dollars of cash they gave it, it, um, it ended up losing a dollar sixty five. Yeah, so it, um, it was it was pretty. It's an interesting concept, you know. But it, nonetheless, it's we've got a long ways to go on this whole learning. So thing. I yeah. think if 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 twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen were this, we had this very mobile. Uh, the, the, this focus on this mobile first, and I, and I'm not going to touch on even my topic because I think we've we've talked a great deal about voice search. I think it's great. So um, I'll save my uh, point for next time. Um, Do you have one? 
some days. Uh, so, so I think there's there's some really good things in December, kind of mid December. You know, uh, John Mueller from Google asked for feedback mm-hmm. on why webmasters are looking to to have Google separate voice search queries in Search Console. Um, and there's a really good article. We'll link to it from Bryson. I'm not going to comment on Bryson's last name because I'm going to slaughter it. But um, you know, we we ultimately want to know because I I think we want to know. I, ideally, we want to know, are they different? Mm-hmm. Are those searches different? Are they more conversational? Are they longer? Um, you know, so trying to figure out what does it look like ahead? So more visibility on featured snippets. So we know that per Pat's mention, when you do a voice search in Google, typically it's the featured snippet that's getting read out. Um, okay, so the more visibility you have in featured snippets, the more voice search could be beneficial to you. A uh, better way to meet consumer demand and query intent based on context. So probably hits on what Adrian was talking about. I have this demand. I have this need. I need it now. You can answer it for me, device. Great, thanks. Uh, move along, or I buy. I buy from. I buy from brand. Um, you know. Perhaps I'm looking for the busiest time to go to. You know, should I? What's the busiest time for my local oil change place? Maybe I don't want to go at lunch. Maybe I want to go at seven in the morning. Type of a thing. Um, understanding the extent of advertising and optimizing. I don't think anybody has a clue right now, even Amazon, on how they're going to monetize about it. I, I think they have they have an inclination on what they're going to test, but they don't have a solidified plan at oh, yeah, all no, on yeah. how they're going yeah. to, to advertise on it. Not to mention, where's Facebook fall in this whole damn game of voice? Huh. Well, we, we, we've spent a lot of time talking about Google and Bing, right? Cortana does a really good job. And, and Amazon, and then just the individual devices. But where does Facebook fall into this whole thing? Hmm. It would be an interesting one to find out. Or do they care? You know, do, do you want to say, you know, do you really want to, like, oh, give me the status update for Adrian from today? I, I mean... <coughs> They oh, go ahead. Oh, I just say they have the new like they have a separate app for local yeah. that I have not looked into yet. Um, Facebook. Yes, Facebook. They have a separate horseshit. Like, yeah, I saw can that. I just put it out there? Like I'm I'm sorry, but don't do not make a user download another app. You're not going to use it. You're programmed to use Google. You're good if you ask your phone. Siri yeah, or Google, you up, though, because they want it's you not, eventually to get to Facebook Watch, and they have their own TV. We just talked about that. So, <laughs> Sorry um, if you're offended, but I, I think that's absolute <laughs> absurd. That something that triggered my like mind when you said that was that my car, through Bluetooth, right, um, will take my incoming texts and read them to me. Like, my text will pop up my phone, it bings my little screen, and I click hear it, and it will read it to me. And I feel like that's something that could happen with Facebook status. Awesome. So although that is so that would be super so annoying. fast and annoying. I don't even. I mean, I think that like there would have to be some way to you know screen that, or it's only your top twenty friends, or there'll have to be some kind of moderation in that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like that sort of like that kind of thought process with status of it's already happens through Bluetooth, through phones, texting. Um, you know, you can get. 
you know, you can talk. I mean, I the the day that I got a car that I could talk to and it did things, I again like these things still surprise me. <laughs> so that's how it goes. But um, and so I think that that's. I mean, it it has to be possible. It's already sort of possible with another, you know, with SMS or MMS. So like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't it be possible with another app? I mean. I can start my car from my phone. Literally anything is possible. <laughs> so I think yeah, I think to wrap up episode twenty eight, the the big the big topic for twenty eighteen is certainly going to be um, that's buzzworthy, newsworthy from an industry perspective is voice voice search uh, from both a search perspective, voice from a digital communications perspective, and commerce perspective. Um. I think it's going to overshadow some other things that people really need to focus on as it come as as it relates to search. And now is not the time or place to talk about that. But <laughs> um, let it let it overshadow that, and people get all riled up over it and try and figure it out. Um, and we'll track it as it goes along. I mean, obviously, if you have comments uh, or concerns or uh, opinions on the matter, or how how you think voice, uh, more importantly, how do you think that voice search? And just voice interaction with with various home devices is going to impact your business. Uh, we certainly would welcome those comments and, and love to hear more about it. So, yeah, yeah, everybody's good. I think I might write the Joaquin Phoenix movie Her this week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Google, the podcast oh, is done now. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, good luck. This has been the Redirect Podcast. Check out the show notes at blacktruckmedia.com and add us on iTunes and Stitcher.